Revely, revely, donks. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat. All right, it is morning combat time, Friday, June 7th. You didn't do it. 2021. <laughs> you didn't wow. Do it. It's going to be a fun one here. Uh, I'm your boy, the beige one, BBC with that BDE, Brian Campbell, CBS Sports, <laughs> and Showtime. And this uh, this giggly fella is, uh, is Luke uh, Thomas of the same brands. And Luke, yeah. we're here on the grounds of the Mohegan Sun Arena in Uncasville, Connecticut, for That's Bellator right. 258 coverage this week. Uh, we're going to set the stage for the weekend to come with UFC with Canelo Alvarez's return with that wild Paul brother Mayweather uh, uh, mishap down there in Miami that has the internet abuzz. And we got you covered across the board on there. Luke, you got many brands and sunglasses and uh, coffee. I mean, there's there's this is a debacle looking it, at you. Right it's now. a debacle. Is, but uh, we should talk about how you didn't start the show, how you normally start the show. Which is with a very French rapey kind of <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Monet Combat is uh, is a back, shall we say? <laughs> call me uh, call me Fr French Canadian Cosby over here, please, please. Uh, no, stop that, Luke. Um, except for the fruit flies, they've treated us very well here, <laughs> right around the corner from the men's room on the concourse here, uh, Mohegan Sun Arena. And I have I have blown up three of those shitters. <laughs> I mean, and, uh, they're gonna go in there and be like, what barn animal? Did they try to... Uh... And we have hopefully kept you busy out there, our voracious uh, watchers with plenty of bonus content, including a, a much controversial crossover podcast on Thursday what was controversial between about MK and, and the and the folks at Weighing In. It's got the internet ablaze right now. What was controversial about it? Uh, you know, maybe just uh, one spouse not going to bat for the other one. Maybe that's what happened, okay? <laughs> Josh not going to bat for Big John or vice versa. <laughs> Good times there. Also check out, if you haven't, our uh, Wednesday Bellator 258 interview special. A lot of fun stuff. Patricky Pitbull, Rumble Johnson, all the main eventers, all that and then some. Uh, Tall, Pale, and Houndsome, it is your host today on Fridays, uh, the, the BBC here. So, Luke, before we get into the goods, we do want to remind people, we want you wearing us. We, we want you to wear us all day. Store.show.com is your best place to get the, whatever's left of Merch Launch 1.0. Very comfortable shit you can put on your abuela. Uh, check that out. Get tumblers, ball condoms, whatever whatever we can offer there. Mm -hmm. uh, new, merch si new merch site coming within, I'm told, within 10 to 18 days. International shipping, all that good stuff. Also, um, on, on Merch 2.0? Yeah. I no longer believe in Merch 2.0. <laughs> We spent an entire day behind the scenes trying to get everyone ready for the launch of Morning Combat Merch 2.0, and I don't think a single thing has happened since then. Yeah, I'm ready to give up on you're this You're like, dream. hey, Geraldo, you might want to stay away from Capone's vault, all right? It's not gonna, not really going to end well for you. Well, I love, really, 35-year-old dated references here from, from these two old white dads. Also, uh, Showtime.com forward slash Bellator MMA. You want to go there. 30 days free of Showtime, which you know you're going to want that. Championship boxing, mixed martial arts, movies, docs, all that good stuff. But if you do it through that website you see there below, six months at $4.99 a pop, where are you going to watch Anthony Rumble Johnson's return to start splattering fools around the Bellator cage look exclusively only on Showtime? Yep. All right. Uh, also, uh, I mentioned all that bonus content this week. We all, I also sat down with Donald Cerrone, who come back makes his comeback this week uh michelle waterson who is in the main event on the same card ufc vegas so check out all that good stuff right there i also had a nice 
get together with Todd Grisham earlier in the week to get all things Canelo safe and situated. Do I have anything else to sell before we get into this? And show? we just have all the stuff. I mean, yeah, I think you went over it already, but just one more time hammered home. We do have all the interviews from the live interview show that we did, which goes from Rumble to his late minute last minute opponent to Patricky Friday to, to Lorenz MVP. Larkin coming at your boy. Lorenz Larkin going after Brian Campbell. There's actually a fair amount of goodness in there. So if you've not gone through that, they're all on the Morning Combat channel. Give them a gander. Yeah. Uh, one more question, though, Luke, before we get into the show. Um, Who was the barn animal in the bathroom that blew up three <laughs> of the commodes? I heard it was you. I don't know that, though. Yeah, wasn't me. Wasn't me. Okay, uh, that's the transition we needed, awkwardly, to get away from this and get in to what we have for you today, which is to set the stage for this weekend, and the weekend begins now. Tonight, in fact, Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern on Showtime, Bellator 258, 6 p.m. Eastern start on the YouTubes for the preliminary card. But, Luke, we've been up and down all this week, interview shows, preview shows, setting the storylines for Bellator 258. We'll get to Rumble Johnson in a minute, but this main event, Juan Archuleta, first Bantamweight title defense against a rising Sergio Pettis at age 27 from what the hell this will actually look like. You know, put on your big boy professional pants here and talk to me. I mean, we're getting 25 minutes of uh, high-paced action. I think it's going to be certainly a good fight, probably maybe even a great one. Um, I don't believe it's going to be Rock'em Sock'em. There is actually a chance, we should say it out loud, there is a chance it could get boring, um, tactical would be the safer word to say. Well, boring, I mean, right? you, you can be technical and exciting, and then technical and not so exciting. I mean, there's there's ways to do it both. I don't think it's not. It's definitely going to be technical. I just don't look. Look, what we the worst thing we could do on this show is get over here and then say a thing about a, not a false thing because we we don't always know what the truth is. But if we have an inclination about where a fight is going to go, you should say as much. Sergio Pettis is a guy who is careful for the most part. They only make really bold decisions when the odds are extraordinarily in their favor. Juan Archuleta is kind of the same way, albeit with a very different kind of approach to the game in terms of individual tactics. So, BC, I do want to say it will be an incredible tactical battle, which could also be exciting, but it could also be a little bit one of those ones where you're, you're waiting for something big, and what it might end up being is the accumulation of small moments, which, by the way, could make the judging a little bit dicey. I don't know that there's a huge difference between them. So someone's going to have to do a major thing, so to speak, in the fight to stand out in the way that you're talking about. Accumulation of small moments sounds a lot like your mediocre, I'm sorry, um, meteoric career-wise. Yes. Like it's just missing the the giant falls and stains Yeah, there's no the there's no big moments. Um, I do love me some Juan Archuleta. He won the vacant title from Patchy Mix. He's got a great gas tank. At 33, he's... 20 wins, one loss since 2015. I mean, outside of that one loss to Patricio Pitbull in the Featherweight World Grand Prix, uh, he's got a cool look, as you can see right there, Luke. He is the Spaniard. He looks like a cowboy. Can he be a gunslinger, though? Can he put Sergio Pettis away? Because the odds have it as a virtual pick -em. Archuleta, a very slight underdog. Right. But if I'm getting 27-year-old Sergio Pettis, who has all this world-class experience against all those greats at 125 in the UFC over the last decade, and he sort of figured out exactly who he is, I like him at plus money. I like him at plus money, too, if you can find it. I would say... Um Man, you know, I really expect Juan Archuleta. We talked about it yesterday with Josh and Big John, but a lot of movement, a lot of angles, a lot of darting, a lot of blitzing, a lot of, you know, just really using uh, uh, strikes off of movement, level changing. I think it's just going to be a lot of that from Juan Archuleta. So it's really going to be up, I think, to someone like Sergio Pettis 
to really – someone's going to have to take control of that fight in a more, more dynamic way. And I think the person who does that will win rather than resting on, like, counter-striking opportunities, which both of them might be – that's another part, too. Both of them might be looking to counter-strike, in which case you get a lot of this, yeah. you know, posing off in front of the other guy. It's really going to be up to somebody to, to, you know, put their foot on the gas pedal here a little bit. We'll see. Um, what's interesting is uh – and Scott Cougar's been asked about this, but let's talk about the future for the winner here in this Bantamweight division. Can we finally get, you know, I'm a, I'm a little biased as a Risen fan, but can we get Kyoji Horiguchi up in the bullpen? Kyoji, uh, yeah. Can can we, can we, is that the next right fight for whoever comes out of this? If you if Bellator can make that There's happen? There's also Megamed Megamedov. Oh, he's rising. You know, yeah. he's kind of out there a little bit. Um, I think you hear him knocking, and I think he's coming in, Luke. So he's going to be that guy that someone's going to have to contend with, no doubt, either, either way here. This whole idea that they're just going to go to 145, I'm like, dude, 145 is busy right now, and there's some dudes coming up at 135 at, in Bellator. Josh Hill's on this card, by the way. You should look out for him as well. You know, Patchy Mix, I know, just had a loss, but honestly, uh, he's going to be right back around to the top of this division pretty soon, too. So, to me, this talk of, like, oh, I'm going to go to another division just go get some vanity titles. No, you're not. You got there's, – there's dudes to fight for sure in your division. The name that is uh, sort of lingering over this is certainly the return of Anthony Rumble Johnson in the co-main event, the final quarterfinal bout in this Bellator light heavyweight wor uh, World Grand Prix. It's not going to be Yoel Romero, and we've been up and down the road on that, but it is going to be Jose Augusto. And if you want to, you know, pub our sit-downs with Rumble and Augusto, you have a Jose Augusto who's not a household name by anybody, no. but is coming out here telling us, I'm going to knock Rumble out. I mean, he is trying to seize this opportunity, yet the storyline's still the same, and we've been through up and down the story of, of what Rumble is actually going to look like. If I could just go on, what did they look like on the damn scales on Friday, on Thursday, Luke? Oh, my God. He is back. Like, he you look jacked. at him here, he didn't look as good in that picture as he did yesterday. Right? Oh, he looked freaking fantastic. He looked and unbelievable. Per in person, he looked unbelievable. So, the, it's still about, you know, can he splatter a body and make a statement and then go in there against Vadim Nemkov for the actual title next? And, and you know, he could be the power player in this division and this in this brand. I mean, look, there's there's a bright potential ceiling here for Johnson. Is this, though, the right time to fight Johnson under these circumstances if you're the upset-minded Augusto? I, I think, you, you know, as the there's a million things making noise in the background, I would say, BC, um, yeah, I mean... <laughs> Live show, guys. It's all right. It's okay. I mean, no one cares about us. Um, I would say yes. Listen, in many ways, it's the worst time to do it. You didn't prepare for it. Um... You know, even if you were ready at this level, this the fight itself is short notice, right? So there's two competing factors. One, he wasn't ready for this particular camp. And then two, you know, he hasn't elevated himself to this caliber of an opponent for us to know that he could be competitive here. At the same time, there is also a possibility you have to take seriously, which is he could be ready for this. This might be a big jump, but, but that he's ready for a major jump, that he has improved more than his record shows, that being with the Pitbull brothers has been as transformative as they say it has been, and that he could provide an interesting test that potentially even a significant upset. I don't think that that is likely, but I understand. Listen, when is this guy ever going to get a title shot if it's not today? Maybe he gets one in the future at 205 pounds, but look, look at who's ahead of him, dude. One, only one of those guys in that tournament is going to win, and the rest of them are going to fall in line on the contendership somewhere. You know, is Jose Azevedo or, or Augusto? Azevedo's the last name, too, but is, is, is he going to be like in the top 10? Uh, probably not. So if you can jump to the front of the line, it, yeah, it carries significant risk. And by the way, people say, oh, there's no, he, there's, he has nothing to lose. Teeth? 
uh, <laughs> consciousness, his life, brain uh, cells. Yes, he has nothing to lose in the catastrophic sense of what a loss might mean for his career. That is true. Then is it, it? But the physical toll is could be significant. So while we, are, or maybe just me, because I tend to mark out apparently more than the rest of the world. But when he's saying, you know, I'm going to knock Rumble out, you know, you're like, do you know what you're getting into? And we we had fun with that. But obviously, he does know what he's getting into. It's serious business. But is that the right posture to take publicly? We liked it for soundbite purposes. But should Augusto be thinking? Yeah, I'm gonna go fuck this guy up, or maybe uh, I gotta figure out a way to survive the, this this beast in front. The of question me. is not what's the best way to beat Rumble Johnson. That's not the question. The question is what's the best way for Jose Augusto on Friday today to beat him. What's his particular best path to victory? And yeah, dude, what are you gonna do? You're gonna stand at range and kickbox with the guy for a few rounds? That sounds like a terrible fucking idea. You're going to try and out-wrestle him over time? That doesn't sound like an awesome idea either. Yeah. I think you have a guy who hasn't... Jose Augusto fought in what? April of this? So April he has, 2nd. So he has, he has fought very recently. Anthony Rumble Johnson has fought at a way higher level against way better guys. It's been almost five years. It's been a long time for that. you got to get right in his face off the break. Take it right to him. He comes with catastrophic risk yes but i think trying to slow play it i think that's de designed to fail in a it's situation like, you like know this. i go to dump leaves in my deep backyard with the woods it, i might come across a wolverine one day and i've got to decide in that moment do i you know do i do i take an aggressive posture do i rush or, or do i try to see you know that's why i don't ever rake my leaves and my neighbors get so upset because i'll be the only house with leaves on the sidewalk in front of my house and I'm always like, let nature just wash the leaves away when nature is ready to. And then they sweep them up for me, and they do it all passive-aggressively. And they think I care, but I don't actually care. I want my neighbors to know that. As they watch you work out in your front yard <laughs> prison Like, style. you're going to do this, and you're not going to rake leaves? Correct. That's correct. All right, yes. quickly through the rest of this Bellator 258 card, in terms of the main card at least, Patricky. Friede, the pit bull, the older mm -hmm. pit bull, mm -hmm. going in there against SBG's Peter Quilly. Yes, the two camps hate each other, pit bull, and what they've got going on there on uh, McGregor land. They, we've seen some of these matchups. It's brought the best out of the pit bull brothers, by the way, just so you know. Remember Patricio against uh, Carvalho? Remember that? Mm -hmm. A little, little bit of business there. Um, but, Luke, you know, the talk of the world, at least, you know, below the equator or around there, and certainly in my mind, coming off of our interview with Patricky Friede on Wednesday, is, Luke, we already know if he wins this fight against Queeley, that's six in a row under the Bellator banner. This is the probably the best version we've seen of this destroyer who, you know, like who has the experience now and the wisdom to kind of put his best foot forward. He's going to be really freaking close to a Bellator lightweight title shot. His brother's the champion. You know how much I am into this idea of what Patricky told us on Wednesday one. saying, yeah, I'll fight my brother to win that title and I'll kick his ass. And he knows it. I'm the only one apparently in this building and this on this tribal reservation that cares about this story. Everyone else from Juan Archuleta to Big John to you have no soul that have said I'm getting played. Uh, have also, said you, you also, have a also, chemical imbalance, most likely BC. Um, you know, you dress uh, uh, provocatively. You may or may not have a women's backpack and cell phone case. But with all that said, Luke, I think I'm right about. 
What were we talking about again? The oh, Pitbull brothers fighting kidding. each other. I'm just kidding, Luke. Um, look, I think it's an f- interesting and fun story. I think it could magnify the interest level of that fight. It could also be explosive if they were actually willing to bite down and fight hard against their loved one. Are they just trying to build their name and fool us? Should we? I, I feel like I should care about this. I don't have no. You're dead inside. I'm not dead inside. I think that story is silly, and I think you know it's silly, and you want it to be something that it's not. They're not going to do that fight, dude. <sighs> We could have th- played the audio right now to, to show people exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, but about. Jay's producing, so, you know. <laughs> we're lucky if they have audio at all. <laughs> all right, well, I guess I care about that fight. You giving Peter Queeley much of a chance here? Yeah, he's a good fighter. Yeah, sure, I give him. Uh, listen, Patricky of the two is a very talented fighter, and like his brother, he has gotten better. But of the two, he is the more hittable. He's the one more likely to engage in risky striking scenarios. Um, the younger brother of the two is much more careful about that. Um, but he packs big power. He's experienced. He's fought good fighters all over the world. So I think he's got the edge in both experience and, I would say, you know, sort of having, having like a devastating boxing game in MMA. But Peter Quigley is tough. He's experienced as well. A um, little bit more are going to have to be a stick and move kind of guy, play at different ranges. But he's capable of winning. Sure. Final main card. Fu- Main card fight, Michael Venom Page in there in a welterweight bout, which could produce the next title challenger against a streaking Derek Anderson. If you're Anderson, you want to pull the upset here, you take this fight to the ground? I think that's who was in the gym with me yesterday. Oh, hey. Yeah. Uh, was running at like... Shaggy hair? Yeah. Was running at like breakneck speed Yes. for 30 minutes straight. I was like, dude, what is this guy? And he had long sleeves on the whole time, too. As long as he doesn't get uh, his, you know, his face hole kneed in, which this, MVP this was, can do to you. This by was post weigh in. Um, he, he's in this fight. This is a good yeah. ass fight. Well, he lo- I, mean, that, uh, I think that was the guy that was working out in the gym with me. That dude is in phenomenal shape, if that's him, because this was post workout and he was hoofing it on the uh, treadmill. Um, I think he just wanted to get a workout in. Anyway, um, yeah, he looks to be in, he looks to be in tremendous, tremendous condition, ready to go. Um, I wonder if we are. I actually going like to... I actually like this fight more than people are talking about. And I think we may end up, end up indirectly lighting MVP's fire. You know, we challenged him during the Wednesday sit down. You know, I want to see the very best of you. Is it still time? Can you be a video game player and a, a inside the cage and be this unique creature and also be a legitimate title contender and get the most out of yourself? And then we brought that up to Josh Thompson during the crossover pod yesterday, and then he took a big old duty on my face. Yeah. But I think his the point Cleveland was, steamer. was uh, you know, do we already know how good MVP is? I, I again, I think there's still you, there's still another level. He's got to find it yeah they they i was a little bit surprised by their defense of who, him mvp is obviously a talented fighter very talented again built for viral high, highlight knockouts that's what he is made for and i grant that some of the cases where he's had fights that should have been sterner tests they weren't and that wasn't necessarily his fault but like every time he went up a level a little bit even like when he fought like ufc vet no sean burrell it, he just couldn't quite shine, even if he got the W. And it's like, you know, yes, do I take seriously his ability if he fought any good welterweight? And did he give Lima some problems early? Sure. But against, like, Logan Storley, who we don't talk about that much, I was like, dude, I think Logan Storley would, like, mangle him. Um, and th- the reason why we can say that is because who has he fought with the kind of skills that a guy like Storley or really any high-level wrestler has? I don't think Anderson has what Storley has in that sense, but... Anderson is more uh, experienced as a fighter and has better striking. So could get interesting. Wow. In terms of knowing you as long as I do and as intensely as I do, 
your maybe pound for pound top five things of things you care about the most are like metal music. Yep. Anthony Smith. Yep. Um, letting now, everyone know that your wife's Colombian. Yep. And Logan Story. And Logan Story. You have to add him to the list. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> All right. Hey, let's transition into uh, what has blown up the Internet in the past 24 hours. The first oh, sort God. of press event in Miami to set the stage for Sunday, June 6th on Showtime Pay-Per-View when Floyd Mayweather uh, has an exhibition bout against Logan Paul. It got all kinds of pro wrestling carnival wild down there when Jake Paul, the brother of Logan Paul, the thriller sensation, had a face-off with Floyd with the media members there, just an impromptu sort of get in his face and after talking trash, after telling Floyd, why don't you fight me next, Jake took the hat off of Floyd's head. Floyd bearded and, and a full head of hair, which we don't normally see. Floyd lost his shit. We're running footage here. Showtime uh, social cameras were on, on the scene. There's a lot of different angles here because of so much media present. Luke, your reaction on, uh, you know, twofold. One, the is it real? Is it pro wrestling? That mixed with how big is this for a fight that may have really needed it, Luke? Dude. <laughs> I don't know what this was. You know, was it staged? On some level, it probably was. On some level. I, in what way and how much? Uh, there's no way to know. It's impossible to say. If you're asking me, you know, did the Paul brothers coordinate with Mayweather? I don't know. But this is the point I always make. You can't tell me their reactions to everything would be exactly the same if there were no cameras there. Cameras affect human behavior. They're affecting our behavior now, everyone else's behavior, even behind the camera. When there's that many cameras on you, it will do something to you, whether it was planned or not, whether it was exaggerated or not. I, I, it, it will always affect it. So to me, there's no way to convince me that the cameras didn't play some role. Beyond that, were there machinations? Probably, but unless you have evidence, you can't really say one way or the other. Here's what I can say. Real or fake, <laughs> stupid or very stupid, and I lean towards the very stupid side of things. You just got to call like you see it. That, this, that event yesterday, as dumb as it was, and it was dumb, is going to make this event do absolute fucking gangbusters at the box office, at the merch table, at concessions, and on pay-per-view. It's going to sell like hotcakes because... There's a section, I figured out who the audience was. There's a section of the pro wrestling, uh, excuse me, a section of the MMA fan base who are like into pro wrestling, which is basically what this is. You're going to get that section. You're going to get some of the boxing crowd, which you can explain to me a little bit better. And then you're going to get the people who aren't really boxing fans at all. They're just overly invested in celebrity and how that interacts with the world. And they want to be a part of it. But, dude, that's a very lucrative market. And... <laughs> Jake Paul, once again, getting A-listers to talk about him and do stuff for him. Logan Paul is an afterthought in all of this. This could not have gone better for the Paul brothers' idea of getting people interested in this and for the fight itself. I like the I MK mean, logos here. I mean, it was, uh, yeah, there's, you know, we're, we're at a Bellator event right here, Luke. Um, I got the old the old uh, thing going on right here. Um, look, again, whether you, whether you love it or not, and this screamed the perfect perfection of pro wrestling storytelling because it's it's so interesting luke that this happened what a day after we did the the wheel of death during wednesday's morning combat episode where one of the categories i asked you you know catch up popsicles about this promotion is going to need something floyd versus logan to take away from the idea that you know it, it's not going to be as competitive even as we thought maybe mayweather mcgregor was i mean it's just like the ideal that's just the the, the the odds and the truth unless floyd at 44 can you know 
walk into something or just not be the same guy. So you need to give everybody reason to care. And you're right on the MMA fans are natural sort of pro wrestling fans in ways that boxing fans aren't. But what boxing fans love because we deal with so much BS in this game is this BS in this game. And they are going to act like they don't care, but they're going to be like, you know, I kind of want to see what happens next. So the perfection of how this was handled, I mean, I don't think it can be overstated. Floyd has an opportunity to make the Paul brothers the full-on villain here for, you know, for being in a space maybe they don't belong for not having the, you know, the history as real fighters. And they came in and were the trolls, which is their skill set and their game. So even if this there was no orchestration here, it's elite-level trolling, and they're going to get America to want to see these guys get knocked out even mm-hmm. faster. And, you know, if you're Floyd and you can lean into the babyface side of this, like, oh, you disrespected me, I'm the real fighter here, you're the fake fighter like he seemed to be doing in some of their uh, interviews, then it's it, this is marketing 101. This is how you sell this. And this is already kind of pro wrestling to begin with because it's just this odd matchup between separate weights and ability levels. And, yes, it's sort of going, it's going on Showtime pay-per-view, so it's kind of quasi-real, and there's, you know, real fights under it and all that. And, you know, when they touch gloves and throw, it's probably going to be real. Like Floyd Nasakawa was pretty damn violent. Right, Luke? Mm-hmm. Well, for one guy, anyway. Uh, so, you know, it's going to be something at the end of the day. This was exactly what they needed to prime that motor. Good guy. I mean, it couldn't have gone any better. Even Logan's, I'm sorry, not Logan, who seems to have taken a step back in this, Jake Paul's Twitter game in reaction to this afterwards. I didn't, I didn't see what he said. Tweet after tweet was just like knockout elite level trolling you know what i mean and it's even caused like conor mcgregor's trying to self send floyd to hell on instagram well, let's talk about a couple of things let's i mean there's a lot a going on off of this so one did you see jake paul i did see this did you see his tattoo no he got a tattoo of a hat and then below it says gotcha hat and there's a video of him getting tattooed oh, on his shin okay it's, it's small it's small but it's on his shin but like for everybody that but doesn't want to hear his name this is perfect this is trolling this is what i mean like he's such a perfect troll because he knows he's an absolutely detestable asshole and he leans into it. Like he had, he was laying back in the chair, getting tattooed in some like, you know, luxurious place wherever he was staying. And he's eating some gross sandwich and he's loudly chewing it, like, mwah, 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 mwah. like you eat like a fucking, like a cow. That's not, that's not accurate or fair. And, and uh, you know, you just want to fucking smack the sandwich out of his hand. But that's really what he's going for here. I just find it amazing. Do you think, by the way, people are asking, like, why did Mayweather react the way he did? Well, a couple of reasons. One, so you know it's stupid, but when a guy take, puts like grabs your sh- like your clothing, you kind of it's like jo- it's Jose Aldo getting his title stolen. Yeah, by, it's like by once Con- once they Con- do that, you kind of have to get it back. I sort of get that to a degree, but the other part is you know, dude, Floyd had like sweet gear on that matched the Miami Dolphins uh, uh, colors. But he, like, didn't have a haircut, which was weird. Yeah, the beard is a new look. And the, and the beard was a little bit disheveled, too. Like, as a guy with a disheveled beard, I know my like when I, my kind when I see them. I was like, he looked a little disheveled. So the hat was covering up the lack of the, the haircut. And I think he maybe not embarrassed is a strong word, but didn't want that Yeah, okay, I think he was embarrassed. Yeah, I think, like, that was real so? anger he showed. Again, whether he knew or thought there would probably be something that would happen. Look, again, if they didn't do anything, Luke, if they just came out and were completely cordial... Nobody would have cared. So you had to guess, you know, there was going to be something that happening. I'm wondering if Floyd, who's, he doesn't do anything accidental. Like everything Floyd does publicly and, and I mean, it's, it's calculated. Is he calculatedly trying to look old? Because I think the best thing he could do is look, let the grays grow in. Look like a 44-year-old oh, guy. I hadn't thought and, about and that. And completely sell the idea of like, I mean, look, Ishe Smith. Uh, former world champion in boxing. He, he'd been part of the TMT, was promoted by Floyd, was a Floyd you know, guy for so long. Dude, just and, look at how and, awful Jake Paul is. You know, Ishe came through with, with a line of tweets uh, today that were interesting that basically sort of said, like, you know, Floyd can do this, but why is he doing this? 
eventually, if he keeps doing this, something bad's going to happen. So why why mess around with these Paul brothers and, and give the opening for something bad to happen? There's a lot of interesting layers that go just beyond. How how pro wrestling was it? In other words, it was it was pro wrestling. I mean, it was it how was. how staged was it? Well, that's the thing. It 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 was so perfect pro wrestling that you're not really sure either right. way in every part of it. Again, but you, do you agree with my assessment that like whatever happened? There's no way they act the way that they did in the way that they did if there are no cameras. They, it would, it would have agree. gone exactly the same. There's just yeah. Would, would you and I be talking with this level of animation? No. And, and, and we'd be talking about very different topics. But like I'd what still, I did but in that you know, commode. You do have to understand that this is my life. At least this is my passion, and that is the my life. that's the the yeah. Okay. It's All now right. or never. Um, Luke also you know connected to this because this fight is on sunday maybe in some ways because saturday june 5th the night before also in south florida was supposed to be a trailer pay-per-view with teofimo lopez jr defending all four of his lightweight titles against mandatory challenger george cambosos jr with vander holyfield and kevin mcbride in the coleman event and no up to this point scheduled music acts like a lot of it was up in the air and now Triller has moved off of that date and is hoping to go later in the month. In your eyes, is that a straight-up, like, we're going to lose the pay-per-view, but we're going to lose the weekend here because of Floyd flying in the next day? Yeah, there's no way they could come. I mean, they did it before yesterday's event, to be clear. But after yesterday's event, there's just no way you could. You can't compete with the established power of Mayweather's brand, what the Paul brothers bring from YouTube, because now both of them are involved. And well, also, Triller's bigger star is now... It, Jake Paul, the trailer's biggest star, is now the center point of this Floyd Logan. But thing. also, I, I'll just pitch it back to you, because yesterday BC and I were talking about this. I thought BC made a great point, which was we already knew that Triller had overpaid for Teofimo Lopez. There was a purse bid, and all of the institutions in boxing, they bid a little bit more than what I think um, the contract called for with a guy like uh, Teofimo Lopez. But you had Triller going two or three times everyone else's bid way way over purchasing it and bc made a great point it's like dude when you think about it in that triller show that we saw the last one the most decorated boxer on there who was a very very good one was ruguru regis progray beating ivan redcatch which ended up with like a fugazi ending by the way but the, the fight didn't belong there and the fight didn't belong bc's point was this bc if you could expand on it like not only did they overpay for teofimo lopez they don't really need him for their product yeah, now. I think it was like one of those uh, brand new toys you buy or the new car. You know, you buy this flashy new car and then you go to actually drive it and you're like, this doesn't, this isn't my style. This doesn't fit me at all. This is actually hard to drive. And the thing is that Triller made a pretty large, big-ass splash in this unique situation for this Cambosos-Teofimo fight where they got into the purse bid. There was uh, uh, Teofimo was making a stand against his own promoter, so a rare sort of situation opened up, and they crashed the party to try to disrupt boxing's market. But I think if we've learned anything from Triller's, uh, you know, success, early success, is that they're anything but traditional boxing, so they don't need Teofimo. And, and in fact, in some ways, like... Uh, you know, are they ever going to get the attention that that would have caused to make up for that money spent? Probably not. They should probably just stay in their own lane. If they're going right. to be ridiculous, then keep being ridiculous with, right. with with that side of it. Because, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think this is a big failure moving off of this date. It's probably smart in the end. But, it's uh, smart to move off of the date, but what it just shows is the incoherency of the product. They don't even know their own product. They don't even know why it works the way that yeah. it does or what's going to move it into the next stage. And you overpaid for, yes, a tremendous talent. And we're all but happy. But a talent who's never going to fight on your platform for the most part. Yeah, again, he'll fight know? probably one time, yeah. and he's gone, and you paid two or three times what the other guys so, are paying for him. That's why, dude, this is why Bob Arum is so thrilled about Triller. Y'all want to overpay for him? Overpay yeah. for him.
we will still we'll still be standing here. Um, I just think that it was always a fail though to put that fight in the main event here when. You know what could have competed with it if Triller had gone, followed through, and figured out how to get the Holyfield Tyson three fight. I'm not saying I actually want that fight, Luke, but if that was the main event with Teofimo in the co-main, you could compete against Floyd on that weekend, right? Tyson Holyfield three, you, you could probably compete yes. against him on that yes. weekend. Yes, 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 and, you could. You know they have to figure out. Uh, okay, this is who we are. We promote Jake Paul. We promote this kind of stuff. We need to create as many Jake Pauls in a short window as we can, and they can't be like diabetic gas station attendants like you called Anissa Well, I didn't, I didn't even know how that guy and was. And it's not like there's a stable of Jake Pauls around who can do this on this level and get people to care, but you, you should probably focus more on finding your next Jake Paul than trying to disrupt the markets, right? Yep. Okay, thank you very much, Luke. Let's keep it going here. UFC Fight Night is this Saturday, Las Vegas. No fans inside the Apex. Main events falling apart, Luke. We Hulk thought, hard is falling We apart. thought Cowboy and Diego Sanchez. We thought there was going to be a lot of different things than what we're going to get. Still an interesting card. I've got nothing bad to say about it. And in the main event, UFC women's flyweights. Strawweights, I'm sorry. Strawweights, but in a flyweight fight. Michelle Waterson, Marina Rodriguez, the Brazilian Rodriguez, Luke, fresh off the Amanda Hebas win. For Waterson, uh, at her age, what, 35 you're, you know, you're wondering um, what's left. You man. know, or, or is she playing out the string here of name value or in her eyes, you know, can't she find another run at it? It seemed like when she lost to Joanna, that felt to everybody like that was the, you know, the final sort of run she would have in her. Yet this is a very interesting main event. And despite it being in a weight class above, it's still very uh, impactful in the straw weight picture at the moment, because I think if Rodriguez, especially Luke, can get a win here. She can really start to make some noise up that ladder. Yeah, no, she absolutely can. It's a great fight. I don't know if it's main event worthy. You know, uh, that's somewhat debatable. You could have gone maybe some separate directions. But for the fight, that's not their fault, by the way. And it's they weren't booked in that way initially. They kind of found themselves there as a consequence. And I would say, um, yeah, dude, dude, for Rodriguez, if she can beat, uh, who's Miss Happy? We keep talking about this. The, the, the happy fighter she just beat. Amanda Hebos. Hebos. Her dad has, right. has tattoos and stuff. Not the best per se, but uh, if you can combine the Hebos win with, A, how surprising it was to some, including us, um, but n now looking back on it, shouldn't have been surprising. We were we were wrong for uh, underestimating her. And then you followed it up with a win over a name like Waterson. Waterson's in the stage, man, where we're constantly waiting for her to break through. And now she has sort of settled into this weight class. But for a long time, this was not the right weight class for her. She could have fought at Adam weight. She did fight at Adam weight four times. I know she's bigger now. But I just mean, we've been waiting a long time for that Waterson breakthrough moment. And she's kind of flirted with it for a really long time. I don't know if now's the. I feel like the breakout moment, if it was really going to happen, yeah. probably would have happened by now. But it would also be foolish to look past someone like Michelle Waterson and the surprising when she has had at times in the course of her career. True or false? And I know she's a fan-friendly fighter, and that's something I talked to her about. You know, she, I mean, the fans just love her under any circumstances. She's got a great marketing gimmick and always has. Is she more of an action fighter who makes fun fights than we give her credit for? I mean, her fights don't suck, Luke. No, they don't. It's a good point. Um, none are quite. Would you call many of them super memorable? Well, I don't they're know. They're high pace, at least, right? Yes. So they're they're fun, but they're not blood and guts wars. That's I right, guess. for the most part, anyway. But you know, her fight against an Invicta, her fight against Jessica Penne was unbelievable. Very good fight, um, and obviously, then the one she lost, even her Joanna and Jacek fight, was one sided but good, um, in a way. Um, you know, yeah, she's had some. You know, the fight against Paige Van Zandt was was great. Um, so win or lose, you're right. She can be. I don't think this fight in any way is going to suck. I just mean, you know, we're taught we're we have these narratives about the karate hottie being this like big established star, and she does have a bigger name than many, but that she has fully actualized her potential by getting signature wins, 
Uh, I'm not so sure that's true. Maybe it just wasn't the weight class for her, Luke. Okay. Could be. Could be. Uh, check out um, I sit down with Michelle Watterson and also get her hot take on the whole Diego Sanchez-Joshua Fabia situation. She's obviously a former teammate of Diego. Luke, uh, I didn't want to forget and say it was supposed to be TJ Dillashaw's comeback against Cody San uh, Corey Sanhagen in the main event. Luke, uh, that fight got postponed the cut on TJ's head. He's actually here, Dillashaw, in Mohegan this week supporting his teammate Juan Archuleta. And when you yelled out for him, he ran away. He, uh, Yeah, he ran the hell out of the other direction. So you'll see that on doc number three. Thank you so much there. Uh, Co-main event is Donald Cerrone against a late replacement in Alex Morono after the Diego Sanchez thing fall apart. We don't have a clip to show you, but Luke, did you watch this week when I had Cowboy Cerrone on Morning Combat when, you know, I have been sent to the deep, dark depths, or at least attempted to this week by a, a roster that includes Juan Archuleta, Lorenz Larkin, Josh Thompson, my diet. But Donald Cerrone, he seemed to work extra hard to try to make sure I stay down there in hell. Did you hear this? I didn't see what he said that was so bad. What did he say? No, he just, he just, you know, just a, a big no-sell. But that's, I knew it coming in, so I had to shake things up. You know, I had to shake that bottle up and pour the, you know, pour the soda on him to get him to, to, to play, you know, play something. You play had, to something. Wet, you had the wet t-shirt contest. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, you got, you're on stage with me here. Play me something. Play me a song, Curtis Lowe, all right? Uh, the whole point here about Cowboy, though, and we can, like Paula Cole, ask ourselves, Luke, where have all the cowboys gone, you know? Get the fuck out of my life. Just get out of my life forever. Just walk out that door and never come back. Um, he told me there's another run left in him. There's another run left in him at 155 to get serious again and win four or five in a row and get back in the title picture. And more power to him. I'm not trying to tell him to go. But, Luke, with four defeats and a no contest in his last five, you can't keep lingering, Luke. I don't think he's actually got one of those left. I've been wrong about that before, so keep that in mind. Um, well, if we if we had maybe a little more passion out of Jay, we'd be running a clip right now in which he said, I feel like the cowboy of old. I'm ready to kill a motherfucker. That's what he what told me. What would Jay's nickname be if he was a fighter? Phone it in, Jay. I mean, let's, 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 not, let's not disparage him completely. You know, we can tease the rim of disparaging him. You're trying to just stick the fist right in. Three needles. <laughs> Anyway, Luke, uh, Alex Morono pushed Anthony Pettis and nearly upset him in a close loss there in which there was high damage and high flying going on. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have to see whatever's left of the Cerrone Bowl. We're going to have to see that guy yeah, against Eddie Alvarez who dialed in. And Cerrone can do that. He fights too often. He can fight too reckless. Whenever you think he's, he's done... He'll come back and be ally Quinta. But that cowboy's not, you know, Paula Cole was right to question it. That cowboy, I don't know if he can come through that door anymore, Luke. I think it's cowboy dad time. And he did tell me he would be the dad in the neighborhood who would let you drink beers in his house and not tell on. He said, he said that's the kind of guy I am. That's responsible. But parenting. what does that mean yeah. for, for this fight against Morono? I would say this. If the, the lesson from the pettis Morono fight is that uh, these old guys, if you have the right tactical game plan, there is a window in which you can take advantage of how much they have aged, slowed, and weathered. That there is a, there's a real thing you can do with that. But what it also showed me by Pettis coming back the way he did was that there's a talent gap for Morno. He's just not as good as a very good Anthony Pettis. Is that the one you're going to get? Uh, you know, obviously you can go back and watch the fight. Is that the one we're going to get? Cowboy? We're going to get a very good cowboy because if you get a very good cowboy, Morno doesn't have a chance. But if Cowboy is as weathered as we tend to think that he is. And Jesus, who could blame him? I mean, the guy's been, you know, aside from just the losses in the cage, there's the training, and then all the incidents in his life outside of that, ATV accidents and God knows what else. So he's got a million miles on him. At some point, there's going to be a, at some point, if you stick around long enough, 
and you have the miles that he has, there's going to be the point of no return, like that BJ Penn point. You just can't come back from. I don't think we're there yet. Uh, he might actually even beat Morneau. I don't know what the odds are on this one. I'd have to look it up. Um, let's see. Is he at all favored? He is no. See, Cerrone's still even favored barely to win. Wow, wow. Which is kind of interesting to me because I actually think Morneau could, could potentially upset him. Um, but it's a real test. Well, like any Cowboy Cerrone fight, even when he was close to his prime, if, if you can get to him in the first half of the first round and, right. and get to his Slow chin, starter. Slow starter. One of those guys who almost has to get rocked to wake up and be the best he can be. Then, you know, his obviously his odds are going to, for if you're Morono, to jump on him early to see what happens there. That's, what that's, I that's why I steal on you before every show. Bah! Give you a one to the kisser. And you're like, now I'm ready. <laughs> you call me Larry Hoover. Big Meech. Uh, Luke, Neil Magny, Jeff Neal is a, is a featured fight getting no pub in the welterweight division. Neal Zippy. had that long run, then the long layoff, then the loss to uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson in December, which was a little bit humbling. But, you know, he had said, I've been working full-time jobs trying to make ends. I mean, it was the, the, the 2020 was tough on everyone, Luke, okay? It really was. Mm -hmm. Can Jeff Neal be Jeff Neal again? And I like Magny as the perfect test for us to find out. They've got Jeff Neal as the favorite, which I'm a little bit surprised by, given how he looked against Wonderboy, which I gather... Neil Magny is not Wonder Boy. Okay, fine. Not suggesting that he is. Still, uh, I'm a little bit surprised by that because, you know, Magny's not the best at using his length, but he has a much more complete game at all the different ranges now relative to how he used to have it. So there's a, been a bit of a change in that regard where I still think Jeff is going to be best mostly out of one, maybe two different ranges. Uh, so I think to me, if you're Jeff Neal, you can see here how he has the elbow. They, not Jeff Neal, I'm sorry, Neil Magny. I think if you're Neil Magny, that's really going to be where the fight is won and lost. You should make this a wrestling contest. You should make it up close in the clinch. He's got brilliant elbows and knees, forms of control, pressing guys into the fence, making them work. Because a guy like Jeff Neal, maybe Wonder Boy was too much for him, BC, but he's got big power. He has uh, a great gas tank. He's really good when he's on. When he's, he's really on, he's good. on. And so to me, you got to really stifle that guy. Wonderboy was able to stifle him by sticking and moving. Another way is to get right up close to him and then wrap up with him and control him and fight him ugly, dirty, slow the fight down, put it at your pace when you can. I think that's a good uh, opportunity for Man, Neil Magny. the best combat sports talk show, sitcom, variety show. In Fuck the game. yeah, dude. That's what I'm talking about. A us, couple other, it's us and the fruit flies. That's it. A couple other sneaky good fights on this card. I can certainly get into uh, Marcos Rogerio de Lima against... No, I Moist can't. No, Fuck, I can't. no, no, no. no the one you're, the one you're, here's the one you're I, skipping. I, I, Kyle Dawkins, Phil Hawes. That's that the one That could you're be skipping. a banger. I meant to say Carlos Diego Fajeda they've got, against a comeback in Gregor Gillespie who looked good in his last fight, Luke. Uh, hold on. They've got Phil as the underdog in that one, that's which gonna is a be, little bit surprising. That's going to be violence. Super violence. Amanda Hibas, Angela Hill, obviously. That's the fight I was going to get to. It's my division. But it's also, you know, two people coming off of a defeat who need a big one who could get themselves into the title picture with, with a run here. Hey, dude, um, Angela Hill, win or lose, she fights good fighters. Yes, and she goes for finishes good now. Good fighters. She, against that spider uh, woman, uh, Ashley Yoder, she tried to go. I mean, she put it on her. There's, she, there's your number one friend. She violently attacked. Is that Josh Thompson? I love that guy. Love that guy. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. Um I like that fight, you, you movie at all? Yeah, I like that fight a lot. Okay. The other one I would say I like on this one, a little bit Ben Rothwell, Felipe Lins. They have it as a literal pick 'em uh, with our friends over at William Hill. They don't really know who's going to win that one. Felipe okay. Lins won. I think PFL came to UFC, hasn't looked all that great. Ben Rothwell, I certainly think as, you know, towards the twilight of his of his career, 
trying to see what he has left. That could be an interesting contest. Remember that time he did like the ho 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 and he danced and he said, "Only politics can slow me." And then he got usaded. But you know, Ben Rothwell's fun. He's a he's a hairy dude, a lot of hair. Apparently, there's some Ben Rothwell hate on that side of the table, not on this side of the table. Okay, all right. Also, this weekend, Luke, you can argue. Oh, one more. Uh, I'm going to mispronounce his name. He's a guy out of Lloyd Irvin's gym who appears to be the real deal. One of these guys, uh, I think he's uh, he's American, but he's of Nigerian descent. His name is, I'm, if I mispronounce it, please forgive me. First name is Tafan. Last name, Nchukwi. Okay. Huge, I think he's a middleweight. Huge guy for the weight class. Strong. And every time I see him, he makes very good decisions. Big power. Big, strong guy to Camp Springs, Maryland. Keep your eye on him as well. Saturday, also in boxing, you do have a big-time event on DAZN. Canelo Alvarez, the next step in his goal to unify all four super middleweight world titles. He'll bring his WBA and WBC belt against the WBO unbeaten champion Billy Joe Saunders of the UK. Luke, uh, since we last talked, and this has been a wild week for this fight, it's it's helped it get some some coverage Dude, that Billy it probably Joe deserves. Is kind of is he a bit of a dirtbag? Oh, a dirtbag. Uh, but you it, see what on, he did to that Mexican reporter. I think yes, it was a Mexican reporter. It was uh, Ch- they call him Chava, the guy from uh, ESPN Mexico. He was like making fun of his breath in between his answers uh. that's pro- i'm like you remember when when saunders fought willie monroe jr and he let his son punch willie monroe in the balls on the stage during the weigh-in that like, was him yeah i mean saunders doesn't f around i mean you know he's he's an outright uh jerk but uh it's his character the, the question obviously is can he win the fight so in his favor he took that public stance against canelo this week threatening to quit unless they brought in a bigger ring canelo said dude I'm, this fight's still going on i'm doing it you can have any ring you want uh Will this be, Luke, at the end of the day, the fight that I'm talking myself up to believe that it actually can be a potential trap fight? Saunders ain't Rocky Fielding. He ain't Callum Smith. He ain't Wash Kovalev. This is a guy who's never lost and has a certain intangible wild card factor to him in Billy Joe Saunders that goes beyond Luke just can he completely stink out the fight and try to win it that way. There's a daring, fearless nature to him. Is that all just fun talk on this side, and it's still going to be Canelo Alvarez, the biggest star and best pound-for-pound fighter in the sport, doing his thing and doing whatever he wants? Or are you starting to get a little nervous that maybe BC has seen something, he smelt something, he can feel it coming in the air tonight? Maybe my oh, Lord. flatulence. Um, no, I don't buy any of this. Yo, no. yo, don't never bet against the gypsies. Never. Why? Did you see Tyson Fury, Vladimir Klitschko? Did you see what did the gypsies have to do with Fury that? Wilder? And did one you or two? Both. And did you see <laughs> and did you see at the press conference on Thursday when Saunders' dad got the microphone and said I can feel that there's magic in the air. The gypsies are cooking up a spell right wow. now I didn't see for that. Canelo Alvarez. I did see hours of pornography in my room <laughs> yesterday. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just the most amount you've ever seen. I, mean, I, mean, I think I bled the internet dry. You know, you many... wonder why our show does have a ceiling that we're closing in on. You know, it's like uh, it's like the fizzy lifting drink scene in I'm Willy Wonka. I'm just an old gross know? dad at yeah. this point. I don't burp, care anymore. Burp, Charlie. It's the only way. You God, know? I'm so washed and faded and pathetic. Now, right. I, I, to answer the question about Canelo, we've been over it kind of all week. Listen, you know, what do you want me to tell you? I, I, I don't know Billy Joe Saunders in the way I haven't covered him in the way that you have. Um, you don't know him intimately? I don't know him. I, know, I don't know Canelo intimately either, but I do know what I've seen from Canelo recently. Um, and frankly, I've been covering Canelo for actually quite some time. I, I just think he's way too much for Billy Joe. I can envision scenarios where Billy Joe can make it competitive in spots and then have a scorecard that isn't some runaway disaster for him. I, I, oh, I that's fair. That's fair. I certainly can envision that. But I tend to think this. If Canelo is on, and that's a big if, 
But if Canelo was on, his fight's in what, Dallas, if memory serves? AT&T Stadium. Yeah. I said Florida last week. I was dead wrong. Yeah. AT&T Stadium. I mean, and Luke, 70,000 plus. They think it's going to out... Um, it's going to be a bigger crowd than when Spinks and Ali fought in the Superdome, and I think wow. it's a rematch in front of, like, you know. How many were, f- so ATT also had Pacquiao Margarito. How many were there for that? I think this one's going to top it. It's going to be bigger than I that I mean, one? it's not going to top the, the actual record of uh, Chavez Senior Chavez against Greg Hogan in Mexico City, right, in front of, like, you know, 250,000 or something absurd. But it, uh, for, like, U.S. indoor, it's, it's there. It's going to be big, yeah. So I tend to think, you know, in Texas – where marching a guy down matters more. By the way, we don't talk about that. Like, the Texas scoring will be based on old rules relative to how some of the newer states might do it or newer commission ruling well, might do it. Also, you roll the dice in Texas in all, in all matters when yeah. you go there. So I mean, it's just, just it's very, I mean, I just, the, the idea The athletic of, department has a reputation. The athletic commission has a reputation. Yeah. So, so to, me, to me, it's just like, do I take Billy Joe Saunders as maybe one of the better fighters he's fought, Canelo, that Canelo has fought in some time, Maybe even since the last Triple G fight, is that a, is that a fair statement to make? That actually might well, be. Well, Danny that. Jacobs was a was a good f- close fight. Is he on the level fight? of Billy Joe? Yes, I don't think. I think Danny they're Jacobs. A, they're equally accomplished. They're they're not the same type of fighter at all. Right. But I think they're 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 at the same level of eliteness. Okay. I mean, I mean, look, that was a close fight with Jacobs. I thought if he had done a little bit Jacobs more, he could have won that Jacobs fight. Jacobs to me did a little bit more to take it to Canelo than yeah. I think Billy Joe has in him. So we'll see. I, again, I can envision a scenario where Billy Joe comes out with his head held high. I don't get. I don't see a scenario where he comes out getting his hand raised. So high. here's the deal: if you're me and you're and you really understand who Billy Joe can be, not who he always is, but he can be, you realize this is a potential trap fight, Canelo, beyond just being a tough style matchup in the same way Lara and Trout was, right? And I know Canelo didn't like that comparison this week when said, and he said, look, I'm, I'm not the same fighter I was in the Trout and Lara fight. I'm completely different and better. And he is. But let's remember just a couple things about Snodders before you're ready to, to count him out completely. He has a mental toughness that is next level. It's like Tyson Fury. They're stable mates and, and you know, of, of, of the gypsy uh, legacy and all that. And... There's a next level hunger. Now, will that manifest itself into him literally doing whatever it takes to win if he has a chance to? It could, maybe not in a blood and guts fashion because that wouldn't be his best style, Luke. But, you know, there's a big roadblock in the way. It's that even if Billy Joe does his style to Canelo and has some success, will he throw enough punches and put himself in danger for the judges to respect it, and there's the whole thing that nobody gets a decision against Canelo. We've seen it time and again, and that's all true, and it's Texas, and it's a wild card. It's all a lot of things right there. But Saunders has a similar mindset to where Tyson Fury was ahead of that Klitschko fight. And it's not an equal comparison where Klitschko and Canelo are either. But at this point, let's just remember this. That Tyson Fury was the same thing as this Saunders. Unbeaten, yet we'd seen him blown up in fights against guys he should have destroyed, and he looked average. But yet we've also seen him in the really big fights bite down and show you how great he can be because we know that potentially Saunders has that extra gear, or I believe it, in terms of his footwork, his game planning, his mindset. Luke, he won everything this fight week. Does that matter? I don't know. But he won the negotiation with Canelo. He won the face-off with him. Uh, Canelo refused to shake his hands after they posed following the press conference. I mean, he's at the very least planted something. It could play against him for all we know, but I feel like he is going to be there, and he's going to be in it at the best, but is his best still 116, 112, 115, 113, and 118, 110, or some outlying score, all for Canelo at the end of the day, I'm still going to say yes, Luke. I'm still going to say Canelo's going to win a decision here. Billy Joe's going to save face. He's going to look good. He's going to have maybe one or two hipsters saying he should have won it. But unless he, unless he really bites down, unless he does something we don't think he can do. Did we think Fury can do that against Klitschko? No. Is Billy Joe Saunders 
that same thing. And he elevated himself to that level. Nope. Wow, you are emotionally not invested in this fight at all. Okay, let's keep it going here. PFL 3 was Friday, uh, Thursday night, excuse me, from uh, Atlantic City. And Luke, me being a closet PFL fan, it's only continuing. That was fun theater mm, last night. It was. Kayla Harrison in the co-main event, kicking off her appearance here in the lightweight women's tournament, faced Mariana Marais, and Luke, it was a minute 23, a full-on domination. Before we get to that main event and all the controversy, let's stay with Kayla, because not only did she do Kayla things, which is, you know, come out with a head kick to try to throw a show a different look, but take Marais down and full mount, ground and pound devastation, even more impressive than that may have been the post-fight interview, Luke Thomas. See, that's a transition. That's a lay that's like an alley-oop to you. Yeah, I was just thinking about this. I was watching her. I'm like trying to figure out like what's the difference between this one and the one we saw earlier in her PFL run. Okay, partly she's much more experienced at this point, and you know, um, much more comfortable with everything. And I really think that, that what that's what that's letting open is her. Um, this was a mean win, and it was frankly a mean. Could I, I say that? positively but it was sports mean dude before when she was kind of still getting her feet wet in mma she knew she would win these fights but it was about respecting mma and the transition enough where you took your time you did what you were good at but you know you made very calculated strategic decisions she still did that but a she made them a lot quicker and b now she's so comfortable with the process She's letting some of the savage come out because oh, yeah. she doesn't have to worry about minding all the P's and Q's in the way that she did before. She and cut dude, a promo in the post-fight interview. Like, but, a, but, like but, but the way she oh, – first things first, it was the whole mood. The way she won, those that ground and pound was ugly, and she knew exactly where to throw it to get the most amount out of it. It was, it was and vicious. And she's a physical specimen, like straight up. She is a I've seen her in person, dude. She's she huge. She is a machine in there. And then she goes, to your point – Gets on their interview and says, you know, it's not like my nature to do this kind of thing, but uh, I'm the woman, I'm the number one, you know, woman. It's not, not really, a tournament, it's yeah, a coronation. Yeah, it's a coronation. I'm not really the woman, like, in this room. I'm the woman in every room, you know, like, really asserting herself. I really feel like she's getting very comfortable with MMA, and by that virtue of that comfort, comfortability, excuse me, that is allowing her to huh, relax a little bit, but also assert herself onto the sport in a way yeah. she hasn't been able to just Full yet. disclosure, Jay, not fully happy with me before this show. And you can say that me coming out of vacation in the Tennessee Hills have kept that same similar posture to Kayla Harrison, realizing who we are, how great this show can be, and not willing to settle for anything less. Anyway, um, before we get to that main event, in terms of Kayla's... Do you need a hug today? In terms of Kayla's long-term uh, upper-bound limits... Can I hug you? Um... I don't know if she can ever make 145 consistently against the elite. I know she's fought at 45 before, right? <laughs> I'm doing Luke, the Joe didn't she, just fight, didn't she just fight out of PFL at 145? Yes, she fought at 145, which so, she could do again with enough notice, she told I me. I mean, she can keep winning these tournaments and winning the millions and be in the face of PFL, but if her weight isn't even promoted by the UFC, and if Amanda Nunes, uh, Amanda Nunes of UFC just came out and said, Dana White wants to get rid of the featherweight division, and I'm the only thing kind of holding it together, is her long-term star future at 145 in the UFC, at 155 in the UFC, but then or was, maybe not even in the UFC. Luke, talk to me. Yeah, I don't know, because Dana White, there was a report where Dana White said he was looking to get rid of 145. I just said that. I actually just said that as you were ignoring me. I just oh. said, like, this is the, you and I are really the worst pairing possible. Yeah, well, that's, that sounded very Luke Thomas-like when you said <laughs> it just now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so my point being is Amanda, of course, coming out and saying, well, as long as I'm here, there's no reason to do that. I, I guess I would say this. 
I don't know what UFC is going to do with 145 any more than you do. There's no. It's just they were going to get rid of 125 until they didn't, and then they had a mangled 125. It's now rebuilt, but it was a weird thing that they were doing. So I don't know. I do agree with you though. The real way to capitalize on Kayla Harrison, if you're even if you're PFL, you have to recognize it. Whatever fight they want to do with Clarissa Shields, and she did an interview last night, dude, she's never going to be close to ready for someone like Kayla Harris. It's going to be a long time before you can make that. You cannot rest. And that's being respectful. You're being realistic. And just 100%. Now, it's not that Clar- Clarissa is not an amazing athlete, two-time Olympian, right, or something like that. Gold two-time me- gold medalist. Two-time yeah. gold medalist. And on top of that, you know, a phenomenal uh, uh, a striker. But there's all the rest of that game that she has to learn that she's not learned yet. So to me, BC, they're going to have to co-promote. They're going to have to let her do some of that Invicta moonlighting. Maybe some Bellator, some Bellator moonlighting. Kayla Harrison against Chris Cyborg, how good would that fight be? That'd be a tremendous. And that you could make that, and there's a real way to make that happen. Very interesting stuff. So here's why I love PFL. Did you know Dana White said he was interested in 145 for women going away? <laughs> did you know Kayla uh, adopted uh, her, you know, her niece and nephews? Great I did. Story. I learned that Great on Morning Combat. <laughs> Great story, by the way. Uh, PFL got a little batshit crazy in the main event. I loved it. It was the PFL debut of heavyweight former UFC champion and an all-time great Fabricio Verdum going in there against six foot eight Henan Fadeda and Luke. They both opened this fight with video game moves in like the opening segment, and there was incredible dramatic twists and turns. And it was Verdum getting like full mount and then being on his back and then being in a, tri- a triangle and having a triangle put on him. And then Verdum, did he get the tap? Did he get the damn tap, Luke? Yeah. Was it the tap felt round the world? Did Alistair feel this one, Luke? The cameras will tell you, yes, they did. He didn't get the formal one, two, three, but he got right there. There it is. There right. it is. Look at our staff. A dedicated. Shout out to Gaffney and Jay. This is great. A dedicated, absolute tap. He got it. Um, and they didn't see it. Keith Peterson on the wrong side of the situation here, quite literally. He's on the knee side. What do, you think, what do you think he smelled like? I don't want to get fired. Um, Dom, Dom Cruz made the... Yeah, I know. Okay. I was going to say something even more raunchy than that. <laughs> raunchy than that. All right, all right. So anyway, but then, but then, which you didn't tell everyone, he gets the tap, but no one recognizes it, so then he gets viciously KO'd. <laughs> he got viciously KO'd. I mean, it was just like, it was... <laughs> he, gets, he gets knocked out. It was out. very reminiscent to the final scene in Misery when James Conn mounts... There it is. They got it. Hey, look at this. Remember when James Conn mounts uh, Kathy Bates oh, and takes just, the iron? I mean, dude, what are they waiting Jay on Jay knows here? what I'm talking about. There. That's a that, late stoppage by Keith Peterson. That's a brutal final scene, Misery, when, when he uses the, the... I mean, it's just... It's you know, I've never seen that. That should be a homework assignment. It should be. All right. Uh, so for, what I like here is there's a storyline. I mean, is Fajeda going to use this win to win the whole season and be a star? I don't know. But look, there's a storyline here that Verdum got screwed, and maybe it's not the referee's fault in that moment. You can argue his standing, his stance, and his placement to be able to see it. You can also argue that Verdum should have kept the 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 uh the submission in now he was saying sort of the the bushido of it i felt the tap i'm not going to break a guy's arm or or you know put him to sleep or ruin his career or whatever is there some fault in verdum's lane for this no 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 there's no i mean you could maybe argue he should have been more vicious with it or you know gone you for gotta a, play till you hear the whistle yeah Luke, triangle okay? arm bar situation or something i don't know if i was him i would actually request to have it reviewed by the commission because i think you might get a chance to have it overturned um I, 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 although probably not because the rules are situated in such a way that the fighters never can do anything. But uh, I would at least try. But, um, yeah, that was bad. He got screwed. But, I mean, you know, you know t- 
He's lending his name to the pot for us to, new, to, to learn about the new names. We learned about Henan Fajeda, right? Who has an 85-inch reach, which is officially longer than John Jones. I mean, they, they say for 6'8", he stood, right? This is how we do it. Mm. This mm. is how we do it. Da, 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 da. I didn't even really drink. I had two drinks, and I'm hungover. Very, very Campbell-like there. Uh, Luke, any other comments uh, about this PFL card? Muhammad Usman, the heavyweight brother of Kamaru, yeah. lost second-round submission rear-naked choke did, to Brandon yes. Sales. He did. Um, he looked good early, and they call him the motor, but he looked to me like he was... He got motor-boated is what you're saying. No, he didn't, though. <laughs> no, he didn't. Not even like a manatee, uh, nothing. Um, he got a little bit tired, if you ask me, and then started making some poor choices about rushing into situations, and then rushed into a situation, tried to back out with his hands down, got clipped with a short right hook, and then it set him down. From that, Sales put it on him, dude. I mean, I think Mohamed Usman is probably a much better athlete than Brandon Sales, but if you can't really bring that to bear fully, doesn't matter who's the better athlete. So, nice win by Sales. Pretty, uh, pretty well done there. So, we'll see if Mo Usman... Uh, who do you think will have a better career, Mo Usman or Usman Nurmagomedov? Or Usman Nurmagomedov. Okay. He's already well on his way. Mohagomed, Magomed Mohagomed or Magomed Sharapov. He may never fight again, Luke, okay? Apparently. Okay, thank you. That's our uh, main topic show for the day. Thank you very much. But, Luke, you know, very times, very often times, I speak into a microphone for upwards of, you know, 12, 15 hours a week, and I say a lot of dumb shit that sometimes is very wrong. And luckily, luckily for you folks, we open up the email address of morningcombat at gmail.com each week for you to tell us uh, where we did misstep and where we were, in fact, dead wrong. I have PCs I have to unload. Luke, what? Th this is where we, uh, we take some L's. Are you ready to take a few? I wish some of the staff here was ready to take a vaccination, but I'll take this L. I mean, we, Luke, are you ready to admit to people that you still... Need NyQuil to go to sleep every night? Not NyQuil. ZQuil. There's a difference. You, you one has medicinal properties. One doesn't. All right. We no, start no, off but with it's not, this. It's not just that. I have that. I have, I have a little bit of medically, you know, prescribed marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> I have 30 milligrams of melatonin as well. Marijuana on one. Hug. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Uh, Omaha. <laughs> Josh and Bob sent in BC. On have you seen this shit this week? You called Slash the former Guns N' Roses guitarist. I knew this was going to catch up with me. Although he did quit the band in 1996. Oh, yes. And Axel carried on with other players such as Buckethead and Robin Fink of you Nine know, Inch Nails You know, that's an interesting fame. dead wrong. I don't know Slash how I feel about that. rejoined GNR in 2016, as did Duff on bass, and they have been touring since. Yes, they did. I'll take that L. Um, you know who I always loved? Do you remember um, uh, Gilby Clark? He became the rhythm Sylvia guitarist. Sylvia Saint. Gilby Clark became the rhythm guitarist after Izzy Stradlin left during, for the uh, Use Your Illusion tour. Uh, I liked his style. I like what he brought to Do you know whose style I like? <laughs> Asa, Asa Akira. <laughs> Blowing up the show. All right, Luke. Uh, second Dead Wrong is uh, also going to go here. The, the cameraman is like, dude, what the <laughs> fuck? BC originally said the Goonies was rated R. I don't think I said the Goonies was rated R. I said Ghoulies, brother, okay? On MK episode 150, BC was dead wronged by someone who claimed that the film Goonies was rated PG. However, the movie Goonies is, in fact, rated PG-13. So now BC and Austin are both dead wrong. Hey, whoever sent this in, Mike... Mikey, our producer, didn't put the name. You're actually dead wrong, because I said Ghoulies, not Goonies. Ghoulies, the uh, cult 
satanic horror movie in which the monster comes up to the toilet and bites the guy in the anus and gave me nightmares forever. That's what I said, okay? I didn't say Goonies, bro. All right? So maybe you're dead wrong. Why don't you meet me in, in Temecula? Spit those hot bars. Why don't you find me at morningcombat at gmail.com? Spit those hot bars. Don't all y'all got sickle cell or something? Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> what I, I hit him up, right? Why would you say that? You know, you tell me who run, right? When they see us, they run. Are you repeating Tupac's line, making fun of somebody else for having sickle cell anemia? Apparently, you're not a fan of, okay. his, of historic music, okay? okay? Okay. All right. I mean, maybe the edit button I might need to be a little bit more in your life. Keep going. All right, Luke. We got one more. At one hour and 20 minutes of the huge Bellator 258 show, Luke says Morrow, quote, would never blow someone's brains out in the back of the wolf's car in reference to BC comparing Morrow's hairstyle to that of Vincent Vega in Pulp Fiction. Okay. Luke is dead wrong here because the wolf is the cleaner they call to clean up slash get rid of the car ah. after blowing Marvin's brains yeah. out. So it isn't the wolf's car. That's a good-ass dead wrong right there. That's a good one. That's right. That's fine. They called the wolf because they blew the donk's brains out. That's right. All right, I got that wrong. Say cheeseburger again, motherfucker. Royale with cheese. Gee, the sickle cell thing, really? What's wrong with you? Yo, Mob Deep, I think, is who he was talking about in that, okay? Uh, and the guy, by the way, is also dead. The one he said that about. All right, uh, it's time every week where we show you ours so you can show us yours. It's called Tip to Tip. Luke, you know what we do each week. Uh, we have recommendations. We have a tip of the cap to somebody, advice. What do you got this week? My tip? Yeah, yeah. that's the segment. That's what it's called, Luke. Uh, get vaccinated. Go to Vax. There's a person on this show who did Luke's the... Luke's playing a long and, and deranged bit. Here. I'm going to send this to her. I'm going to send this to her. So okay. here, like, put the camera on me. I'll change. I'll change the names of the innocent to protect their identities. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Th this. This. You know. You're getting. You're getting. On. You're getting the Apollo hook from our producers and no. staff. Nope. Nope. <laughs> this How about this? Nope. Luke, I, I have Luke. one. Hang on. I have one. I have one. Jesus nope. Christ, y'all. Now. Now. Now we got to bring. J now we got to bring JC Ready? into this. All right. Uh, how about this? Go get a physical. Huh? Go see your doctor. Have them do skin check. So take as some I blood told work. you yesterday, when I Go called my doctor to schedule a, just a checkup appointment, I specifically told the secretary not doing secretary. the uh, not doing the prostate thing this year. I'm just not doing it. I have to do that soon, next month. Brian Custer said we should do it, and maybe he's right. Uh, he's got a good reason to to advocate on yeah. behalf of that, considering it's uh, just you know, Luke. Here's the thing that I told the lady on the phone though. It's 2021. You can do surgeries with robots through my stomach without even entering, right? Like, there's like we are far in the game. Is that still the only way that you can check my prostate? That's really the only way to go. It's the only door. Luke, that's called you know, the Zeppelin album. It's called In Through the Outdoor. She, she, she was, uh, she was not, not. Yeah, you know, she wanted out of it. Like you right now, she wanted out of this conversation. She was, she was like me on Wheel of Death. Please don't land on butt stuff. All right, Luke. My tip this week uh, was: Did you check out AEW this Wednesday night? You know, TNT? you know full well. I'd rather get dengue fever they than watch five their, seconds of professional wrestling. Their blood and guts episode, and I really love to shout out Blackjack Crosby at CBS Sports, who keeps me honest. I, I used to be, you know, the biggest wrestling guy. I'm fading away. But here's what AEW did. They don't own the rights to war games, the old school NWA WCW gimmick that Dusty Rhodes helped make great. 
But yet, you know, WWE does, and they roll out a bastardized version on NXT with no roof, and it is what it is. Maybe they make fun matches and great, but it ain't the spirit of the damn War Games. The spirit of the War Games was resurrected on Wednesday night in this five-on-five team brawl under the two cages. We had blade jobs. We had old-school Carolina feels, right? Crockett territory. I know that's a big part of what AEW's been trying to do on TNT, and to some degrees they have been nailing it. Luke, this nailed it, okay? This is old-fashioned fighting, bro. Look at this shit. Look at it. Chris Jericho? Mm. I mean, those those MFers were blading out there, all I, right? I don't care at all. So thank you, folks at AEW, for uh, still billing, being real. I to do me, like Tony Khan. I like Tony Khan. You're telling me that you've DM'd him before. I've texted back and forth with Tony Khan a couple times, yeah. Mm-hmm. I met Tony Khan at MIT when I was on the panel there for the Sloan uh, Sports Metrics Conference. Well, that must have been a, a fun time. A lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of nerd, nerd loving going on. Motherfucker, you're not cool. I don't know why you think you're cool. Luke, uh, Tweed is back. You know, Matt Snyder's a big Tweed fan, our, our uh, producer here. Yeah, it's like, the, uh, it's like my curtains over at uh, Mandalay. Yeah. They look nice. <laughs> like my meat curtains, baby. Okay, you're a weird motherfucker, yeah. All right, that's it, that's it, that's it. I don't want any more. <laughs> uh, so here's the deal. Showtime tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern, Bellator 258. Don't miss it. Prelim, 6 p.m. Eastern, I believe on the Showtime or Bellator. Uh, I don't know where you find it. It's somewhere on YouTube. Here's my tip. It. Spay and neuter your pets like Bob Barker. <laughs> All right. Uh, Luke was uh, off the wall today. Luke was uh, un un un. Uh, I don't un- have I don't have a week's worth of hotel sleeping in me. It turns me into a gargoyle. I can't okay. do it. I'm very bloated and pale, Luke. I got to work on this. I will know? say I will say you know I you know you you want answers. Look in look in the damn mirror. Listen, you know I, I will mean? say this because that guy's asking me to to make a change, right? You don't look as red as you did on Wednesday. Definitely not as red. Hundred percent. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and, and then, then make, make that, that change, 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 change. Gonna make a change. This is the dumbest fucking show. Can you believe we get collect a paycheck to do this? You know how you know how? What the fuck, Jay? Why would you say that? Don't do that. Don't do it. We're out of here. Uh, we 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 got a room service diaries. It's probably gonna land. We'll get fired from either that show or this one. Uh, check out all of our interview specials. All our interviews. Just go to Morning Combat uh, after YouTube.com forward slash. That's the most boomer ass motherfucking setup. I go to HTTP colon forward slash forward slash www.clownpenis.fart if you want to see cowboy send me to hell check that video out if you want to see josh thompson send me to hell check the other video out uh luke this was your worst show ever so. yeah <laughs> all right for for luke thomas and the great crew here at malka mohegan sun thank oh, you oh hold on wait 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 post fight show for real. Oh, hey, how about that? As soon as the fights tonight are over, right back here. I'll start things off while BC will do the CBS Sports hit, and then like we did for the McGregor fight, he will come join me as soon as the main event interview is over. Be right here. For Luke Thomas, my name is Brian Campbell. I've got two words for you, folks. We out. Spay and neuter your pets. <laughs>